Good morning, evening or afternoon. Yes, all time dependent on when you listen to podcasts. Yeah. You could be driving to work. Sorry about that. Could be coming home from work. Yay! <laughs> you could be going on holiday and you're on a plane. You've got us in your ears. Woohoo! Where we're we going? Either way, welcome to this episode of Mother's Ruin. Yeah, um, it was Matt's birthday woo, woo. this I week. Was, years old. Uh, no, it's forty. Uh, yeah. No, I've said it. It's a happy birthday, Matt. Thank you very much. Yes, you got some gin, didn't you? I did get some gin, yes. What did you get? You got got some Anik. I got some Anik gin. I got some uh, Isle of Sky gin. Had you tried that one before? No, I hadn't. No. So that's good. Uh, We tried Anik as a taster. We've done Anik before. In Phoenix. Yeah. Um, But I haven't tried those other two that I got, so I'm quite excited about that. Yeah. Yes. So Thank uh, you to Peter and Jen for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just picked up this tea, which is the Isle of Harris... Gin tea. So this was created by the Harris Distillery, which is the Isle of Harris. That creates my favourite gin in the world. Yeah. Uh, so I thought we'd give this a try. It's literally a tea. It's in it. It's got juniper, uh, bitter orange peel, licorice root, cassia bark, sugar kelp, angelica root, coriander seeds, natural grapefruit, and juniper flavouring. So it's got it's got all the botanicals that are in mm-hmm. the gin. Uh, you heat it up. It's just in a regular tea bag. It hasn't got any actual tea in it. Yeah. Um, so let's give it a try. Um. <laughs> How's that taste, Sarah? I don't like it, Matthew. You don't like it? Okay, let me. It smells like a swimming pool changing room. Mm. Mm-hmm. As with all flavoured tea and me, the scent and the flavour don't go the same. When you first taste it, it's extremely get- bitter. Mm. But then the aftertaste is more licorice and Yeah, I'm getting the licorice through at the back uh, 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 as an aftertaste, but i tell you what we should do with that. Mm. Add gin. <laughs> Let's get some clean, normal London dry, pop that in, see what happens. All right, we'll do Let's that. Let's do that we'll instead. Do that. Yeah, we'll hold... Hot water, what, what kind of fool are you? <laughs> um, but speaking of tasting stuff, today we're going to be talking all about how to taste gin. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, and you might be thinking, I definitely know how to taste gin. Uh, You think you do? Have a listen to this. Yes. So we're going to talk about the science of tasting and some top tips. Top tips indeed. Yeah, we've also got, I'm really excited about this, an interview with the Continental Bar in Newcastle. Yeah, Sean from the Continental. Yeah, now this bar is absolutely Beautiful. It's an it's an old bank. They've it's got a, the old bank vault. It's oh god, they've got over four hundred types of gin. Yeah, but strangely enough, that's not why we went there. That's not why we went there. We went there because they also run a tonic import company. Yeah, and uh, they have got over forty six types of tonic there, and we need to, and and mixers in general. Yeah, mixers in general. Mainly went there for the gin mixers, so the tonics were a thing. But we've tried some other ones. Yeah. So what we've done is we've tried. A considerable amount. By yes. the end of it, we were absolutely sick of drinking fluids. Yes, we, were. Uh, <laughs> we nearly. I was more bubble than man. <laughs> yeah, we nearly floated away yeah. in the street afterwards. But yeah, it was it was a treat, and there, uh, Sean, uh, Sean looked after us very well. He was extremely hospitable. So thank you so much, Sean. And if you're in Newcastle, do go to the Continental. It's Please one of the best do. bars in the world. It's near the train station. Yeah. So just you know, jumped off the train straight into the Continental. Yeah. Pointless going anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming up too. Now, before we move into the main section, I just wanted to say thank you to one of our listeners called Megan Duval, and she is um, she's based over in the US, and she dropped us. A- Howdy, partner. That's how they talk. Oh wow! And you have the you have the audacity Bilingual. to make fun of my accent. No, howdy. Pa- I wasn't trying to do the accent. The accent would have been offensive. Right, okay. So that's why I said howdy partner. Right, okay. Jesus. So um, anyway, um, thank you for getting in touch. She says um, that she just listened to our episode which featured the Isle of Harris segment and she said she'd visited Scotland and Ireland in 2017 and Isle of Harris became one of her firm favourites while she was over there but when Not she returned to America she wasn't able to get her hands on any No, now, very difficult to get hold of outside of Scotland to yeah, be honest yeah I mean we've said before that you know we're based in England luckily just based in England yeah. we're just below the Scottish border um, so we can just nip over and get some but I've never seen it anywhere in England she said she's never seen it anywhere in America but she's managed to purchase some via uh, the Whiskey Barrel 
um, and they've shipped it over to her. So she suggested that we mention that to our listeners who are struggling yep. to get Salt hold Salt City Gin Club, for it. example. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, Game of Thrones cocktails, if you're listening as well. Yeah, yeah, we know we've got listeners over in the States and I've checked out their Instagram and um, apparently award-winning, family-owned and run online whiskey merchant specialising in independent, limited, rare and exclusive scotch, but they do do gin as well. They do gin as well. So one to bear in mind. Yes, uh, do get do get involved in that, our American cousins. Yes, and um, yeah, so that's it. Well, uh, let's let's crack on. Yeah. Let's, let's find out all about how to taste stuff. All right. Tangy, salty, <laughs> fruity, creamy. What have they all got in common? They're all t- taste. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite? A tang? A salt? Mm, I like a sour myself. A sour? Yeah, I love a sour. Mm, I like a sour, but me, me kids sometimes get... Um, these like uh, super sour sweets now, and they've oh, got it's no. it's beyond sourness now. Yeah, it's like agony. Yeah, like it where, is. where it burned, it burns the tongue. It, like there was actually skin off the tongue last mm. time I had one. I'm sure, that's not right. I've had one a few, one or two gins that have been a bit like that kind of torture. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we won't we won't say. No, we won't mention any names. No, no, no need to mention any mythical creature flavored uh, <laughs> gins. Okay, but yeah, we're going to be talking all about tasting this week. And this has not been an easy episode to put together. It has not. Because, as discussed previously, I have the palate of a five-year-old. Yep, you should give him a buck. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to paint. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, no. Thank you very much. Read. Okay. But I have done lots of research and I've compiled some tips from the experts on, firstly, how taste works, and mm-hmm. secondly, how to do it well. Can you do it well? You can certainly do it badly, like yeah. down in one skull. Yeah, I suppose I uh, skull, yeah. skull, skull. Yeah, exactly. But uh, first, let's talk a bit about the science of taste. The science of taste. Mm. I wonder what the taste of science is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like sucking a, suck a coin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've always been taught that firstly, the tongue can distinguish four tastes. Salty, sweet, bitter and sour. Mm-hmm. And two, that those tastes are detected by different parts of the tongue, specific parts of the tongue. Yeah, I thought that because like, apparently if you put like salt near the back of your tongue or, something, like, or, mm. or near the front of the side, it's one or the other, uh, mm. that you can't taste it as much as you could if you put it in a different part. Well, you're not too far off the mark there because you can't taste it as well as you could without putting it on the other part of your tongue. But... Um, and that's closer to the truth, in mm-hmm. that some parts of the tongue, yes, are slightly better at others than detecting certain flavour types, but there's no one part of the tongue that's capable of... Yeah, the middle's tasting. not for salt. No, no, <laughs> yeah, it, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, speaking to BrainFacts.org, one Brian Lewandowski, a neuroscientist and taste expert at the Monel Chemical Senses Centre in Philadelphia, said, the tongue does not have different regions specialised for different tastes. All regions of the tongue that detect taste respond to all five taste qualities. There are some mild regional differences in sensitivity for different taste qualities, but these differences are small enough that they do not play a clear role in taste perception. I was taught a lot of shit at school. Absolutely, and this article went on to say that children are still today being yeah. given that rudimentary diagram of it's the tongue. Mental, isn't it? Yeah. Um I suppose like just giving them the Bible. <laughs> still, uh, you, still get that at school, don't you? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And we have taste buds all over our mouths, not just the tongue. So Is that true? Yeah. I did not know that. Either. That is correct. They're more sparsely distributed in mm-hmm. the other parts of the mouth. But according to how stuff works, the average adult has about 10,000 taste buds and some have more of a certain type, making them super sensitive to strong flavours. So some of us are just born super tasters mm-hmm. like you, some are not like me, and that's that's my excuse. But yeah, you get them on the roof of your mouth and in the back of your mouth. That makes us feel weird. It is weird, it's isn't like it? It's like, you know, the suckers, I, I picture them like 
you know, the suckers on tentacles. Yeah. I picture having them all over my mouth now. That's weird. Yeah, but that's because you're picturing, you know, the the little bits that stick up on our tongue, like little hairs, like, like little alveolus. Alv- like I think they're called papillae or something. Uh-huh. They are not your taste buds. They contain taste buds. Uh-huh. They just, I think they're there to create a larger surface area so I you can be more receptive. See. But taste buds don't actually look like that. They're just little, they're just little nerve endings Mm -hmm. as it were and it's not just those four distinct flavor types we also have now umami which is widely accepted as one of the main flavor types umami umami and that's like um you know when you have uh it's particularly when you have like chinese food and japanese food like miso soup Mm -hmm. it's got that savory flavor and that savory is another way you could describe it is like a ghost of a soup yeah, it almost doesn't exist. But there's a there's a flavour there, but the taste of nothing. Is that what? Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, describe to me what miso soup tastes like. It's salty, it, yes. Yeah, yeah, but it, what else is there? But it's like a haunted flavour. It yeah. haunts your mouth for yes, a little bit. And that's umami. People sometimes describe it as like a brothy flavour or a a meaty flavour or just very sort of savoury flavour. I think it's more of a feeling than a flavour. It's like. A, well, now hold that thought about it being a feeling, because I'm going to come back to that in just a second. But going back to me saying I have the palate of a five-year-old, I, I did look into how age affects the way we perceive mm-hmm. taste. And certainly when we get older, we lose some of our taste buds. That's really weird, because I, I, I thought we'd get more, because when you're a kid, you'll eat practically anything up until a point where you get fussy. To a degree, there's some truth in that. I mean, we talk about children loving sweets. Yeah. And that's because we do become more receptive to sweetness and sensitive to sweetness as we get older. So children are less likely to feel sickly after Mm. consuming too much sweetness. But generally, yeah, the number of, of taste buds declines but don't despair because if you haven't got a great sense of taste or you feel your you feel your sense of taste is is declining a bit that's okay because we can still train our palates to be more receptive to flavors and more sensitive so really all is not lost yes yeah yeah because a huge part of tasting something and smelling something is our perception, our experience, our memories. Also being able to articulate what uh, something is is a big part of it. So expanding your vocabulary. Yeah, and I suppose because I stopped smoking nearly two years ago mm. now and the, the, the flavours that I taste now are obviously far superior yeah. to what I could yeah. before after smoking for yeah. so long so I must be growing some back yeah exactly I think there are certainly ways that you can improve and one of them yeah is stopping smoking yeah. and another one is to learn how to describe things in a yeah articulate fashion yes <laughs> the fact that you couldn't <laughs> find the word for articulate was absolutely brilliant beautiful beautifully done <laughs> you're not editing that out <laughs> no okay <laughs> So going back to what you said earlier about certain tastes being almost more of a, a, a feeling, feeling yeah. that is something I looked into. And it's really interesting because, yep, although the main flavour groups are sweet, sour, bitter, salty and umami, there are also tastes like sensations that can hugely influence our perception of what we're eating and drinking. Yeah. Can you think of what any of them might be? Well, with like anything spicy? Like the the heat, the heat, yeah, yeah, heat. Um, something that's rotten, like uh, sour milk. Yeah, that's not, but it's not sour, is it? There's a, there's something feels like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Um, I think hot and cold food tastes different, so the heat from actual like physical heat would change the change the flavor. Absolutely, and and scientists agree with you on all of those points. So they're better. The nerds. I'll pick on them and steal their dinner money. Stamp on their pencil yeah. tin. Yeah, how would you like that, eh? But um, the one you describe as spiciness or hotness, that's known as pungency to scientists. Really? I always thought yes. pungency was something like a, the strength of smell. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So it's a weird way of describing it. But Scientists yeah. making me look a fool now. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this isn't a 
a taste because it's not our taste buds that register the sensation of, mm-hmm. of, of, of hotness. It's in fact stimulation of the somatosensory or pain temperature fibers on the tongue. That's why it's not just our tongue that burns when in contact with chili peppers. You know, if we chop in a pepper, yeah. our fingers burn so as well. So yeah, it's chemical. Go for a wee afterwards unless you washed your hands. Certainly <laughs> learned that the hard way. You've been there, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also talked about something being off, like sour. Yeah. Now that could be described, and that is described by scientists as astringency. So it's also known as harsh or tart, and it can be caused by tannins or calcium oxalate that gives a kind of puckering sensation, and it's usually activated by things like unripe fruit um, red wine and rhubarb but I think that might be also the kind of thing that you're talking about when you talk about something being off it kind of almost makes you Guess bit, I get rid of it. Oh, yeah. yeah and then you mentioned temperature absolutely that's a really key um, part of how we experience taste heat can accentuate some flavors and also kind of change the the density of food yeah, that's why I, I can't the eat texture so I can't eat reheated food yeah There's, there are a few more which I'm going to run through quite quickly because we want to get on very specifically to gin tasting in a minute yes. but um uh, coolness is another one so like a minty fresh kind of okay. sensation Kissing the fonds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Also uh, caused by ethanol and camphor. And the way it works is it stimulates the same mechanism in our bodies that, again, perceive cold things. Numbness. So that's the tingly sensation that's caused by peppery substances. So not so much heat, but more like a sort of zingy pepperiness. Mm -hmm. We call this chemithesis. Chemithesis. Apparently, Mm. yes. Metallicness. And that's caused by galvanic reactions in the mouth. It doesn't have to come from metals, but it in fact comes from proteins that have previously interacted with metals. Ah, right. Yeah. Then there's calcium, which is a chalky taste, which is indeed a taste rather than a texture and sensation and probably comes from actual calcium. Then there's a weird one, which is fattiness or creaminess. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of debate around what causes this, but it's... um, A taste receptor called CD36 is responsible for fatty or creamy taste because it binds fat molecules and it's largely due to the presence of triglycerides Mm -hmm. in the the substance. Then, a couple more. Heartiness. This is a weird one. Heartiness describes compounds in foods that don't have their own taste but enhance the characteristics of other Ah, substances right. when combined. So I would say like like by salt and pepper, surely a, a heartiness flavors. Yeah, but salt is a taste in itself. Yeah. So yeah, salt would be, but we've already got one for salt. But um, things like garlic, paprika, paprika. I, or I guess with paprika, it's often like the smokiness. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you could call that that kind of smokiness. Um, like your, your killer recipe. My killer recipe for paprika eggs. It's, um, I don't know if anyone wants to make this themselves, but uh, pap- uh, paprika eggs, the recipe is, um, it's quite complex. You get an egg. Get an egg. Yeah. A very, very vital part. Um, get some paprika. Yeah. Uh, prepare the eggs however you wish. Yeah. Add paprika. Serve. Serve. Well done. It's en- She's so proud of that recipe. <laughs> she calls it paprika eggs. <laughs> Like, it's a thing. And guess what I'm having for dinner tonight, uh-huh. Matthew? Paprika. Yeah, yeah. On uh, jalapeno toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, uh, starchiness. Now, a 2016 study suggested that humans can taste starch, independently of other tastes such as sweetness. That said, there's no specific chemical receptor that's been found for this taste. So it's mm. a bit of a weird one, mm. that one. But, like, I guess um, potato water... <laughs> Potato water. That's another of my specialities. Yeah, get a potato. (laughs) (laughs) Boil it in some water. Discard the potato. (laughs) Sieve potato out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So that's all of the ways you can taste stuff, is it? Yeah, they're they're all the kind of the flavours and then the accompanying sensations that, that underlie how we perceive things. Now, how do we apply some of this kind of science when tasting gin. Well, don't forget that while knowing how flavors and textures and sensations work is really useful, we can also use comparisons to actual specific flavors. And we do this all the time, yeah. don't we? Um, in that's fact, lemony, that's in fact, peppery, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, really good example. Today, we were in a whiskey shop and... It was very cleverly named, The Whiskey the Shop. The Whiskey Shop. 
But there were loads of gins in there, some yeah. really interesting ones. And we tasted one called Loch Fine Gin, a lovely Scottish gin. And mm-hmm. the, the lady, very knowledgeable lady in the shop, said, tastes a bit like naan bread, like Indian naan bread. Yeah. And we were like, what? Yeah. And then we tasted it. Sure enough... And it bloody tasted like naan bread. Yes, there was definitely a starchy, uh, bready, bready yeah. texture in the background. It yeah. was very nice. and But then um comes back in in the background with a bit of lemon. Bit of citrus, Bit yeah. of citrus in the background. It was, yeah. it was, it's a good gin, so much so that we've actually uh, got yeah. a bottle right there. Yes, we and have. I thought that was delicious. We'll yeah. give that a shot. Yeah. But that goes to show, you know, you can really use your imagination mm-hmm. when describing what you're tasting. Like I described, wasn't it, Orphea? It's like, it's as if you're drinking the washing up liquid if you'd had a curry and washed the dishes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, whoever makes a peer. Uh, but that's, uh, it's not for us. Mm. There's a very similar one, uh, the sea glass gin. But that's that's very nice. Very nice gin. Yeah. And that's got the similar flavours to Orphea, but I think it's just a little bit more, like, small batchy and very nice. Much more to our taste. But um, Gin Foundry, who've published a great guide to tasting, which I'll include a link in the show notes. And um, The first thing they tell us is to let the mind wander. Because taste happens in the brain. And like we said before, we're influenced by our expectations, our memories, yeah. our imagination. And of course, there's no nan bread in Loch Fine Gin. Yeah. But how else can you convey to another human being what it tastes like? By exactly. comparison, and it really works. So, do you want to gin the taste like a sandwich? Yeah, got your back. Yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about smell. So the way that smell and taste interact has a large bearing on how we experience gin. So of course, smelling it provides the first impression. Then when it hits your tongue, you've got this whole new set of flavors and sensations. And then when we exhale through our nose, the gin will develop a whole new taste profile. So isn't that weird how we don't really think about that, but, but when we're tasting something, how important it is to exhale through your nose while it's in your mouth? Mm-hmm. It's basically like swilling, but with the with the scent, isn't it? Mm. It's like where you go. Oh, no, wait, yeah, you make that noise, don't you? That's your tasting noise. And actually... It's a little bit more sophisticated than yum, yum. No, that's the noise you make. Do you remember we talked, we patented the noise? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, pin. Yum, yum, yum. I don't know what show that was on, but it was in an earlier episode. Yeah, that's correct. And you've used it since. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. There is actually scientific basis for your noise, Matthew. A team from Yale University looked into this and found that the shape of the airway causes the airflow during exhalation to actively transport food odours to olfactory neurons. And that's why when you've got a blocked nose, you lose this whole aspect of taste. That's why things just don't taste right when you've got a cold. Well, that's why people, you know, when you've seen um, films where they're taking horrible medicine, they'll always pinch the nose before they're naked. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. Because I remember hearing that at school saying... Because I used to be a terrible eater, mm. terrible eater. It's just a mental block. But mm. um, I wanted to taste more stuff. So and then I heard, if you if you hold your nose, you can't taste it. And uh, that's pretty much when I found out it was the the texture of food that made us uh, not want right. it. Because what, it I couldn't taste it, but all I could do was get that the uh, in my mouth. And I'd go, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> if I say, well, the, the only good bit about eating food has been taken away. Yeah, yeah. And that was... Uh, uh, that's, that's really interesting. Now, much as I'd love to go into so much more detail about the science. Yes, you do like your science. Yeah. Nerd. Yeah. (laughs) I thought we might just finish this with a few top tips on tasting gin. Okay. Now, a good place to start is to learn about the botanicals, some of the main botanicals that go into gin. Yeah. Because... You might want to smell everything that goes in, so you know what the, the smell is. Exactly. So you can pick up on it in the gin. You might... I mean, don't don't just be licking... Berries. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as it's safe, you can eat it. Yes. Have a little taste. Yes. And here are some of the main botanicals you might want to give a try. So we've got juniper, coriander, cardamom, rose, lavender, violet, uh, angelica root, mm-hmm. orris, cassia bark, uh, orange, lemon and lime peel, cuba pepper, licorice, cinnamon and nutmeg. Yeah, licorice obviously been the worst taste. Yeah. Licorice. So but, bad, but in gin. In gin. Delicious. I not tasted all day. Yeah. Yep, it's lovely. Oh, and almonds was another one I found, which is quite interesting. Or almonds, if you say that word normally. Mm. Uh, <laughs> tip number two: choose your glass wisely. Yeah, you need you need uh, you need the smells to be able to come out. I mean, like you can get a highball. That's mm-hmm. a very tasty gin. 
But if you need uh, if you need to taste that gin, if you want to taste the gin, if you want to taste everything in it, yes, you need something to be able to release it. Like like you need a funnel basically. Yeah. And the balloon glass helps it swirl around. Yes, but uh, swirling your gin doesn't do anything. Just remember that. Yeah, I did come across one tip online that said swirl your gin, but no, no, there, there's I've seen many more that just goes swirling gin doesn't do anything. It moves the scent around that would have just been going up your nose anyway. Okay. I think it's just a it's just a, a farty on thing to look like you're doing. It might, yeah, maybe it's to, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a balloon glass, uh, you know, like a big massive wine glass, is absolutely ideal for tasting gin because, like you say, you can get your nose into it, and secondly, your hand won't cause the ice to melt and the gin to um to heat up yeah there's nothing worse than a lukewarm gin and tonic yeah horrible yeah exactly Um, I should say I've mentioned ice there but uh, don't put ice in for your first neat taste yes Uh, the ice will come later number three have a good sniff but don't go nose blind so uh, smelling the gin before you taste it is as we know really important but if you over sniff it you could go temporarily nose blind Mm -hmm. so have a sniff have a good sniff don't go wild. Hmm. Now, this is this is an interesting one, and one that I wasn't aware of, but a, a panel of experts told Business Insider that they recommend placing a hand over the top of your glass so that it's completely covered. This is, again, while the gin is still neat, no ice, just in the glass. Tipping the glass upside down for a second so it wets the palm of your hand. Then wipe your hands, cup them, and then... Yes. I'm going to try You're that You're going to now. do it. Do it with the lock fine. I'm not opening a fresh bottle. I've got a Roku here. Mm-hmm. Let's just tip it upside down. Let's have it. Heat it up. Smell right. it from the bottle first. Smell delicious. Smell it in your hand. Oh, you've got aftershave on your wrist, Matthew. Right, let's do it on mine. Okay, that didn't work. Now, <laughs> uh, top tip. <laughs> top tip. When you're doing this technique... Uh, wash, wash your, your hands, hands with, with fragrance-free soap. <laughs> soap because I've just washed my hands with a beautiful, lush uh, patchouli soap, and all I can smell is the soap on my hands, and all I can smell is Tom Ford on yours. So, um, oh, well, sorry for being clean and smelling nice, experts. Well, failure of that experiment. Stupid gin heads. <laughs> okay. Tip number three: As we've talked about, taste neat at room temperature first. You'll be surprised how much you miss. Yes, it's, if you it's don't. a different. It's a different world. Yes, absolutely. Um, thirdly, make notes, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. Yeah. Uh, because remembering what something smells and tastes like can be very, very difficult, especially when you're tasting many gins in one sitting. So it's really important to make notes. You know, what did you taste? What did you smell? How did that change as you were drinking it? What was the aftertaste? What was the mouthfeel? What did it remind you of? Now, as a hit, quick side note, I'm sorry to go back to the science again, but you know I love it. Um, mm-hmm. So I did read a really interesting article by the Scientific American, which reported on a study into how we remember smells. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, olfactory sensory neurons, which sit in the, the mucus at the back of the nose, and they transmit information to the brain, they plug into your olfactory bulb Mm -hmm. in your brain, Um, but they don't live forever. They die and are replaced many, many times throughout our lives. But when an olfactory sensory neuron dies and a new one matures, the new neuron plugs into the same part of the brain as his predecessor and there's like a kind of like a data download like a cloud yeah <laughs> like you've got your own a cloud yeah so it plugs into the big the big cloud that is your brain and downloads the data That's and the memory of the insane, smell isn't it? yeah and then you get to it so then when you taste it again it tastes familiar that's insane. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's mad. fact number whatever <laughs> <laughs> fact number d so um, there's no need to suck air through gin when you're tasting it. So wine tasting will often involve sucking air through the liquid in your mouth. But you don't need to do this with gin. You can just roll it around in your mouth. Or do Matt's patented nom, noise. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Don't exactly. breathe while you do it, though. Don't breathe in while you're... No, you're breathing out. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. Next one. <laughs> <laughs> and to the next one. Um, expand your vocabulary. That's really important because you could be the... 
the most unbelievably receptive person to different tastes and smells. Well, it is Ginny. <laughs> yeah. Not good enough. But unless you've worked on the vocabulary to articulate it, then you're going to hit a, a roadblock. So I'll pop a list of some useful words on our Instagram. So go and check that out. Right, next tip. Next tip. Don't over-dilute with tonic. Classic error. Yes. And a classic error that I made many, many times. We've done that before, yes, even on tastings. We still see. We might be brilliant, but we're still susceptible. Oh, many times I've had to put a gin to the side and then remix it. Um, Remix. Yeah. It's 1980s gin tasting. Lovely. Um, the Craft Gin Club recommends one part gin to two parts tonic initially. Of course, you can always add more later. Yeah. Next one, interesting one. Use coffee as a palate cleanser. Oh, they do? Oh, yeah, I've known this before. Have yeah, you? Yeah, uh, coffee beans is a good way to... Yeah, sniff uh, them. Yeah, when you, uh, when you try and perfume... I went to a perfumery. Yeah. And uh, they had coffee beans for us, and I was t- I was smelling them, and every now and again, I went, right, try this one, but smell this first. Smell the coffee, start it fresh. Really? Next tip, think of what to look out for on the palate. Now, according to decanter.com, three key elements to look out for are balance Mm -hmm. between the botanicals, length and complexity. Now, length, what does length mean? How long something is or (laughs) or an amount of time. (laughs) Well, in in the context of gin tasting, length simply (laughs) means how long the flavour lingers on your palate after you've swallowed it. Um, it can be short, medium, moderate or long. Um, complexity can be used to refer to perhaps the number of flavours that you're tasting, but also like the element of surprise and the way in which it evolves and changes as you're tasting it. Mm. <laughs> the element of surprise, you say. So anyway, I was like... <laughs> What was that? Yeah, but think right. Well, I think that was I think that was a Gordon's pink. <laughs> yeah, but think about Monkey Forty Seven, for example. Um, you taste it, and it, it's like a start of a little journey, isn't it? Oh, yeah, through yeah. the Black Forest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a bit of oh, oh Hepplander. Yeah. Hepplander is the same. Like it feels like you one in uh, Isle of Harris where you're at the beach. Like you'll get the brininess, and then yeah. when you breathe in, it's like you, you've taken a breath at the yes. beach rather than just smelling it and then, and then the juniper yeah yeah yeah. yeah um and then finally use a tasting wheel now i found a really good tasting wheel online and um, that's specific to the kind of botanicals so ginfoundry.com for two pounds you can order a paper copy of this amazing tasting wheel and it'll help you to describe the dominant flavors but then it'll also link each of those dominant flavors with individual botanicals to help you pick out what's in there so yeah two pounds ginfoundry.com go get one yeah so there ends our really quick uh tour of tasting Mm -hmm. so much more to talk about there but um (laughs) (laughs) but for now go and wrap your tongue around some gin yeah take a deep breath have a slurp and if you find something new from a gin that you've already tried let us know yeah and don't forget to do matt's uh signature trademark noise We are at the Continental in Newcastle, uh, doing a mix of tasting with the help from uh, the, the gentleman here. If you'd like to introduce yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm Sean and the general manager from Decanus, but I work strongly with the Continental as well as Second Property. Um, and every day, I pretty much have to talk and learn about gins, tonics, and their perfect parents. So. That sounds dreadful. No, someone you, needs to do it. You're so, so. strong. <laughs> Such a true. <laughs> You, there's an actual uh, import business that uh, that helps with, is involved with the Continental. They call import tonics. How many types of tonic do they have? Um, uh, even just for what we stock in one of our venues, it's forty six. But there 46. are more. Forty six different types. Because <laughs> we were just discussing earlier on. Do you think? Uh, because the marketing, there was somebody complaining on, I think it was a Reddit post, wasn't it? Yeah, there was. Um, there was someone on the gin subreddit saying that. They're really sad. They live in North America and that they find it really hard to find really interesting mixes outside of Europe. I think Fever Tree is pretty much the premium mixer over in the States. So we were wondering if what your thoughts were on whether mixers like this, like these amazing ones, are starting to move out of Europe and across the world and if the, the rest of the world is catching on to 
the amazing mixes that are available. Yeah, I think there's still just a huge kind of stigma around gin and tonic. Obviously, we've seen a bit of a shift in the last, well, especially the last two, three years, as like the most recent boom. But before that, you go in like five, six years ago, especially in Newcastle, let's say, like more gin bars open, more people trying gin. Yeah. But I think a big part of that is because the, the styles of tonic or mix yeah. that are now being paired with it. So it's not just your, your gin and bitter lemon or mm-hmm. tonic, what it used yeah. to be. Now you've got all these different flavor ones, which should be in my eyes like either an enhancer for the spirit yeah but um, for worldwide I think unfortunately it's that kind of stigma around the gin being this dry bitter thing and people either love or hate it Um, but slowly um, again with the probably with the thanks to fever tree and things like that they are going on a big worldwide scale now and it's really opened up for the market, so... Yeah. I mean, Fever Tree's not a bad thing to only oh, have. no, like, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's amazing, a... but, I mean, we're just looking at this range here in front of us, and we've got every single flavour under the sun. Yeah, and it, what's, the, what's the weirdest flavour tonic that you or think... Mixer. You, or mixer. Or mixer you've come across. That, yeah. um, probably one which I don't necessarily like, but we've got a mint tonic. The mint tonic? Yeah. Oh, we've got so, one here. Have they? Yeah, yeah, we've got so one here. Yeah, original. That original. Well, that's probably my own weirdest, because I just think I'm going to be brushing my teeth. Yeah, I, it's like, like there's a lot of... It smells like back out or something, you know. It smells. It smells. It smells like it's like you just cut it fresh from the bottom. Yeah. When we first yeah, got it, I truthfully actually... Sorry, but I, I despised it. I, I yeah. didn't like it, because I, I, I like my my pure juniper flavoured yeah, 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 gin and I just thought it totally take away but it actually works really well with a lot of kind of the pink gins currently now yeah. it's almost like a candy cane strawberry mint fresh yeah and strawberry, uh, fresh and strawberry yeah. Um, let's try some of the mint first let's try that first let's get a little glass <laughs> so let's have a go with this it's very Cheers. green. Yeah, it? it's very is that, do, do you think the mint? Uh, think the mint is genuinely like made that green, or do you think that's colouring involved? I think there'll be some colouring in there. Yeah, there's well, yeah. no need for that. Then. <laughs> no, do you know what? That is. Del- I think that's delicious. I like that, but so, I can see why. Yeah, it's, it's so, niche. Yeah, for me, I would probably say it with her. Like a navy strength gin, yeah, something where you really still taste. You've got to be able to taste the gin coming through. Or that, yeah, save yourself a little extra. Um, I think that is that is really refreshing. The unique thing with this, though, by itself, um, it's got a little bit of pink grapefruit, so you get a lot of citrus. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. Well. That's and not just mint. Yeah, and the dryness comes through the back of that on the back yes. of the palate. But so that's original mint tonic. Yeah. That is that is. is a, do you know what? That's a, that's a nice surprise. That because I was expecting that to taste a bit odd. It tastes. Like fresh mint leaves have been yeah, pushed up, yeah, yeah. it's very naturally natural. Kind of thing down here, mojito. Yeah, I was gonna say that would be good for a mojito, wouldn't it? But it has got that quinine taste to it as yeah. well, which I, I the, quin- really the quinine's like really sharp yeah. afterwards, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. So, this brand, the original mm-hmm. uh, tonics, they're, they're from Spain, um, yeah. But what they do claim is that they're, that they're sticking to the roots by making sure that it is a quinine flavor yeah. mixer. Um, the mint, uh, for example, we also have berries, there is a citrus, uh, there's also a Japanese, which we'll have out, which we may as well do next, I yes. think. Japanese um, one, what's this one? Yuzu. This one is Yuzu. So, you, I'm guessing you'd pair this with maybe a Roku? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. The canister, do, yeah. yeah. Fresh canister, uh, Gin- peppercorn. Jinzu. Fresh ginger. Yeah. Uh, um, but it does work really well with a lot of the. Oh, it smells like dry, like over dry okay. um, styles of gin. Um, some softer florals, um, but obviously hard hitting citrus. Um, I mean, if, if somebody can probably get anywhere, tank we 10. Let's try. Uh, let's have a bang on this. Thank you. I'd oh, say it's, it's really strong. Like, uh, it's really, it's, the citrus is flying oh, through that way. This is actually one of my favourites. Um. Very dry. So this is original. Are they? Are is, they... That, is it the same paper to the mint? This, yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a Spanish brand. That's 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 gorgeous. That is a very strong. So that one would be the, with the uh, the stronger flavoured uh, Japanese yeah, gins. Yeah. I mean, even the Japanese like... as well. I've got it with uh, the Malfi lemon mm. gin as well. Ah, yeah. Oh, um, I see that. Garnish of verbena. It's almost like a um, like a lemon tea. Oh, uh, nice. Leaf. Yeah. Um, but just really subtle, so more, for, more so for the nose, for the yeah. aroma, but... I'm going to have to look out for Verbena. Verbena, yes, mm. we will. Which one's your personal favourite, if, uh, if we were to choose a ear tonic that you enjoyed? Tonics? Yeah. Um, it's a bit difficult, because with a bean purist, I really just like kind of strong quinine, really dry. Mm. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I'm not really too fussed about the whole natural thing. It's the overwhelming taste at the end. That's what I really go yeah. for. Um, right now, one of my current favourites is actually the new Schweppes Premium 1783s, but yeah. the light version. Um, but with that, it's 
all natural, all singing and dancing. It was kind of the equivalent of uh, Fever Tree because all the match up to yeah. the premium serve. Um, strong car- carbonation, so it carries all that flavour. Um, but it's got a subtle bit of pink grapefruit as well, so yeah. like, mm. really dry pink grapefruit. That, that's probably one of my go tos. So, out of these ones that we've got in front of us, then what? What's a really nice, dry, classic? Probably kind of go for um, the Double Dutch Original. That would be my choice. Or, if you like a little bit of citrus with a touch of cardamom, the Indie. This is like top quality. Oh, is that it, yeah. Is, yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. Um, and I love the design on the front. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, soft citrus, mm. the orange side. Sour. Yeah, mm. cardamom, coriander come through at the end. So what do we know about this company then? Uh, it's another Spanish company. They've okay. got a few different flavours we've got as well. Um, they do have a, a, a lemon oh, yeah. tonic as well. We've got an indie lemon tonic. Let's, have, let's give that one a back. So this one we had first, that was the botanical tonic water. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Let's try the lemon. The lemon. Oh. Oh, that is lemony. <laughs> that is borderline just a lemon, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, this does contain quinine as well, but it's such an easy one for us to, in the continental here or the canvas to really sell to a lot of people who don't like tonic or yeah, have flakes. Because uh, the quinine's quite hidden in that, isn't yeah. it? Beneath the lemon. Yeah, you get the bitterness, you get the, like, the sweetness as well. Mm. Actually, it's all beautiful. Things like this, I mean, okay, especially with pink gin, like resurgence of like a kind of sweeter, fruitier styles of gin. That works well because you're kind of open up to the people who don't like tonic, yeah. even though it does contain quinine, it is masks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even like a slow gin, I think that should be something a bit softer, less dry. Yeah. So, so you would pair this, I'm guessing it's too obvious to pair this with a lemon gin, because it might be lemon on lemon. Yeah, yeah possibly. Um, again, down with the individual. Yeah. Um, some people really like that kind of mm. double punch in the face from lemon on lemon. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Like the Rampur lime middies. Mm. Yeah, that well, yeah, that would work. Don't, don't like to like just chuck out a, a brand new, a, a startling cocktail. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm just pretty much the king of this. <laughs> okay, but to your taste, if you were to pair this with something, what would you pair this with? Um, my own personal taste, yeah. probably something drier and fairly inexpensive. Truth yeah. be told, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the over-flavored tonics are better with something that you maybe trying to mask. Or yeah, something like yeah. Um, yeah. Not, not to be disheartening some of the brands out there but um, because it is such strong lemon flavour that it will it's going to win the day whatever you put it with yeah, yeah. isn't it though? yeah so typically London Dry I work best with um, but that's my taste but really um, the kind of slow gins so uh, four pillars uh, bloody yeah. oh, oh that would be absolutely delightful oh we tried Heppel Snow recently and that we tried that with a, with a lemonade brilliant now Double Dutch that's that company's flying, isn't it? It is, yeah. A uh, huge boost in their sales now as well. Yeah, because um, I tried the pomegranate and basil and I just thought it was a little bit pasta saucy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, truth be told, it's not my personal taste. Yeah. Um, I, I love basil, for example, there's another tonic by L&W. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love their basil one and I serve it a lot more kind of uh, herbaceous or um, spice gins. Yeah. Uh, really, really carries well with it. Um, but this one, yeah, for me, it's not my personal taste. Um, Let's try it again, just see if I was right. But truth be told, it's probably one of the best sellers here really? in the Continental. That's yeah. Well, good on them. Um, so what would people tend to drink the, the basil and pomegranate with? Well, Paloma serves it here with orange zest, uh, fresh basil and mm. Martin Miller's. So ah, right. Martin Miller's nice crisp gin. Yeah, and it, it sells a lot here. Yeah. yeah. What is your best seller, gin? Um, between that and Tanker Rumpur, actually. Really? From our offer menu. Mm. Uh, um, but it changes. I mean, if we can get a pink gin, I'm sure that would sell straight away. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that is not for me at all, that. I quite like it, but the basil just dominates it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's super sweet, and then it reminds us yes, of it is bolognese. Very <laughs> it's like a bolognese sauce, it's good. I would put that in a spaghetti bolognese <laughs> and it wouldn't taste delicious. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what it is. I mean, you can yeah. smell the basil straight yeah. away. Mm. The pomegranate, forgive me, I don't eat too many pomegranates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm well without the pomegranate. I think that's very much subdued yes. in, yeah. in the flavour profile. But, yeah. but the, the sugariness to that that, that, that tastes like super sugary, I think. Very, very sweet. Right, should we try the other double dutch then? Okay, a ginger, what would you... What, what would you, what would you, Sarah, what would you put in, in a ginger, what gin? I got a bottle of Jawbox and I was drinking Jawbox with ginger ale 
because Jawbox is just a, it's just a gin, isn't it? It's yeah. like, it's just gin. And, uh, but that kind of came alive with a bit of ginger ale, so maybe, yeah. a, bit, maybe a Jawbox. <coughs> maybe there, there's that uh, American, I think it's American gin, few. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, They've got a Geneva style as well, which would, would tie in really, really well with this um, mm-hmm. ginger. Even as a like a gorge, I think ginger is very much underestimated because mm-hmm. um, even a lot of gins that like, you might want to put uh, lemon lime things like that, put a couple of thin slices of ginger mm-hmm. really, really opens yeah. everything up. What would you put this with then? Uh, we actually save it with the tanker on pour at the minute, fresh yeah. lime and ginger. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I think overall, this and the the Martin Millers with the pomegranate. Were, Sorry, pomegranates and basil yeah. are probably the better sellers. Yeah. What are, we, what are we having? This is uh, the double Dutch Indian tonic water. This is the like plain, down the line, tonic water for your gin. I love this tonic. Um, this is my go-to here. It smells um, kind of orangey. Yeah, very fresh orange and fabulous. I like that. that is yeah. beautiful. So, um, <laughs> tell us what you like about it. Uh, the really nice dry aftertaste. Mm. Yeah. Uh, real quinine on the back of the, mm. the palate there. The, the nose is really fresh, citrus, um, just as if you cut into one, but like, the aftertaste is really nice. Very much enjoying that. I love that. That is beautiful. Okay, so what uh, would you put this with? I mean, obviously you could put it with anything because it's just so... Well, for us here, because we have the business of importing the tonics, yeah. uh, we made a conscious decision not to stock fever tree. So this one is my kind of go-to for the equipment. Oh, right. um, just for that really nice dry mouthfeel, uh, classic yeah. Indian style tonic. But, yeah. Um, it, it goes with anything, to yeah, be honest. It does, yeah. yeah. I can um, imagine that. Oh, right, we've got it on from everything from a, a licorice uh, gin mm. right the way through to something a bit more citrus. So. It is a bit like stronger on the on the palate, so some of your floral gins I probably wouldn't advise, but that's just my personal. Yeah. Uh, that would make sense. I mean, it's like when you say, that's just something I would advise being, you know, a gin bar proprietor and knowing the gin <laughs> really well. <laughs> I'll listen to you. I'm going to listen to you. Uh, uh, speaking of licorice one, we've got a licorice tonic. Indeed. Which is Ledger's tonic water and licorice. Now, I'm not a fan of licorice, and yeah, that yeah. smells <laughs> so licorice So, Ledger's is another Spanish um, French company. The Spaniards are doing well with the quinine and the uh, things like that. And it's named after Ledger, who apparently found the first quinine uh, bark from the tree. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, named after that. Yeah. And with these, these um, are the lowest calorific uh, tonic that is currently on the market. Because of that, obviously they've took out the sugars out there and they have made it with artificial. Yeah. Um, so this one is stevia. I just yeah. hate all artificial sweeteners, they just don't taste right. I'm in the same boat for that, but yeah. I think this one has such a different taste to, let's say, like regular aspartamine and things yeah. like that, you know, like, um, we'll try the original just after. Yeah. We'll be able to see the difference between that, for example, and the double dutch. Yeah. And for the sake of those calories, I'd probably rather have the, the taste of regular sugar. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but licorice does have like an artificial sweetenery kind of flavour hey, in itself, well, doesn't my it? My favourite, Heyman's Old Tom. Yeah. And the natural sweetener licorice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I can take or leave licorice as a normal so, flavour or botanical. But yeah. Whereas for a soft drink, I actually really like this. Okay. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going in. But it is really overpowering with the gin. It's really interesting. I, I must admit, I quite. I quite like it. I hate licorice. Um, That's right. I can get the, these. But I like, quite like it. Yeah, I'm getting the that uh, sweetener flavour afterwards as well, mind. So what what would you put this with then? Um, again, something like usually a typical London dry or something. Yeah. Um, it does obviously balance perfectly well with those naturally sweetened style of licorice or the increase of licorice in the botanical of some gins. Um, but again, ultimately at the end of the day, you're going to be tasting that over yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. else. Um, we do serve it with an old Tom Stella gin, um, both here and in Decantus, which isn't him, it's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you, we, like, we've realised now that people love licorice, especially when drinking gin, and they've kind of realised, like some of our best sellers in the other bottle, um, we sell so much more licorice gin than we ever used to. Really? People really, 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 really like that licorice mouthfeel. Yeah. Mm. Now, uh, should we try the other ledgers then? Yeah, let's try the other ledgers. The, the clear glass. Glass change, glass change. Just a wee bit. Yeah, but because of the low calorie in this yeah. uh, brand, we do sell a lot of this now for right. um, people who are trying to be a little bit uh, wiser in their yeah. drinking choices. Shirley. What's the sourness oh. in that? Very sour, yeah. isn't it? I've been it's, it's, It just tastes like a, I don't know, a polystyrene syntheticness at yeah, the end. Yeah. Of the back of the yeah. Like, yeah. 
it's mad to me. Much. So the ledges and the double dutch, they are the same thing. They're both Indian tonic water, no other fruit or anything in there, and yet they couldn't taste more different. No, that one crazy. is almost unbearable. Like, the ledges tonic, it's like... It's sourness. Wow. See, I really like sourness, so I like it, but yeah. I can see, yeah, I know what you mean. It's So, do you like this one personally? No. No. Not for my taste. No. Uh, I can't get away with the artificial yeah. substitute for yeah. stevia. Um, Unlike, for example, one we'll probably try next, yeah. um, which is like the LNW. Mm. So this is just outside a little Lemon bit. what? Where's okay, it from? Let's, let's move on to lemon. It's supposed water. to be made from uh, Yorkshire water, but uh, I think it's actually made just outside of Wagnall. Yeah. Um, but these guys, uh, again, um, substitute the sugar for natural sweetener, um, mm-hmm. but this time it's uh, organic agave. Agave. I mean, I'm making you drink bottles as well. Um, <laughs> no, my tummy's about to explode. <laughs> just another four to go. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is just a classic Original. Indian tonic water, yeah. But this one is much more on my palate. Um, that tastes like pastry, like cake. <laughs> That's really weird. There is something like biscuity about it. It is a bit biscuity, like it, it smells... It smells like walking in uh, a bakery and smelling the fresh biscuits. It's not a bad thing, that's quite nice actually, I quite like it. But what would you put? This one works with a lot more yeah. drinks now because you're not having that overpowering, long-lasting taste of the, the stevia. Yeah, yeah. That, that is insane, it's like shortbread. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting that yeah. as well. Like icing as well? Yeah. Icing and sugar. See, when I normally do the gin tastings, like, I'll, try, I'll always ask the questions first, because if I say, oh, you're going to uh, taste almonds, they'll go, oh, almond, yeah. 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 I could say anything. Yeah. But, you know, it's just you're thinking about it, but, um, but now all I'm thinking about is the shortcrust paste. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to taste snake's blood. Snake's blood, <laughs> yeah, fuck it, not. But we do really like this, yeah. Uh, I think it's one of the, the teams here. I know Paloma recommends it for yeah. normal, like, go-to it's, it's, kind it's of nice. Indian tonic. Huh? I like it, but out of the... So with the, just the, the Indian tonics that we've tasted... Indie Double Dutch Ledges. Indie Double Dutch Ledges and this... I think Double Dutch is, is winning for me. I'm going Indy. I'm going Indy. Yeah, Indy makes sure to stick to the, the classic Indian. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do artisan. And artisan. artisan. Oh. We've tried artisan before, and I'm a big fan of the artisans. Uh, the barrel smoked cola that they do is one of the best things I've ever tasted. Proper, like almost roller cola taste, but yeah. not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it tastes like a cheap cola, but it's it's made well. <laughs> Panda Pop. <laughs> what else have we had from you? <laughs> uh, we've had the Violet Tonic, mm. which is delicious. And uh, we, we've discussed this before. Like, uh, Not a fan of Violet uh, gins at all, but that tonic is something else. Yeah, it's, it's got it, a slight touch of raspberry in there, just to soften yeah, and sweeten it up. It's from. really nice. And we've had the, um, we've got a Sicilian lemon in the house that we haven't tried yet, but we will try mm-hmm. that. So tell us a bit about this one then. Um, it's made up in the northeast, uh, just up next to Anik. Ah. Um, but it was co-designed from a guy who used to work in bars himself and uh, an artist from Australia. So hence why it's a little trendy bottle. I love and the labels. The labels are good. Like <laughs> all the labels differ. So you've got the different colours, the bold, uh, bright colours. Yeah. You've got the ladies or the gentlemen on the front. They the rows having a, a an item of clothing, a garment, and if for example on this one you've got the gentleman in his suit and he's got the hat on there on yeah. the back which I found was really cool it's always hanging off the, the barcode oh, on the back <laughs> with the violet blossom there's the lady and she's missing the heel in the front photo and it's oh, on the back of the bottle I love that yeah it's it's really striking design I did not know it was a northeast company that's amazing we'll have to get in touch with them yeah um, but with this like, as a classic Indian it is a little bit softer ever so slightly sweeter it makes a fabulous just soft drink by itself yeah mm. um, but it does pair well with Legion, I, I may say, like, yeah. not being a cop out of that in no, no, yeah. individual, but it, it really is. There is some, t- there is either some flavours that just match every, every single gin you can think of, really. And like a, a really, really good uh, Indian tonic is that's what it's for, isn't it? To match with gin and not vodka if you're an idiot. It's almost like soft bubbles as well. Yeah. Yeah. The light isn't in my taste, again, it's that kind of artificial substitute for sugar, but. The violet blossom is incredible. Mm. I'm pretty sure they have a fifth one, which is um, pink grapefruit, I think, as well. Ooh. 
I get involved in that one, mate. That sounds yeah. delightful. Yeah, I really like that because I like the taste of quinine and I'm yeah. really getting the quinine with this one. Yeah. yeah. Go back six, seven years before I started drinking gin for a living. Yeah. Um, I, I hated gin and tonic, the idea yeah. of it, but it was all because of the tonic more yes. so. Yeah, I would have gin and juice and things like that, or yeah. gin and lemonade, but obviously working with gin and learning more about the spirit, eh, sorry, the spirit. Like tonics now, you can, like, it's incredible. So, like sometimes I'll go to a bar and just order it for a, yeah. for a soft drink. So right, now we've got one more. I think there's is the Porches. There's a Porches. I've never I've never heard yeah, of Porches so before. Porches is an Irish tonic company. Yeah. Um, they do have I think four in the in their brand now. They've they've just released a ginger um, ginger ale. Mm-hmm. They've uh, also got an elderflower. Which is almost kind of very herbaceous, kind of mint, like garden yeah. type of greenery, if you like. Um, but then they've got the classic, which is the silver label, and then they also have the citrus. Now, I brought this one out because it was one of my original favourites. It's got a slight bit of kind of herbaceousness from like rosemary mm-hmm. and then pink grapefruit. Uh, so like, th- that was my favourite. Like, mm-hmm. my, my old time go to was just Tangri 10. Yeah. yeah. Extra strength and mm-hmm. you taste it through most mixes, but the pink grapefruit, that really works. But. Yeah. Right, let's have a bar on porches then. Again, all, cl- uh, all, cl- all um, natural. Right, yeah. And Oh! That smells like rosemary. Oh, I love that. I really love that. Mm. It's sour. That it's is a little bit botanical. Very juniper prominent with gins, like recommendation that. Oh, yeah. God, that is absolutely, that's special, that. New fave. Yeah, new fave. And the, the, the label's beautiful as well. As opposed to the other two, the newer flavours, the elderflower and then the ginger ale, mm. they smell incredible. The ginger ale like, smells really fiery and spiced. Yeah. But when it's mixed, like the flavour doesn't really carry as well. Oh, the same, okay. the same for the elderflower. So yeah. these two are incredible, the citrus and the classic. But, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That is So we could put it with the gin mare. What else could we put that with? It would work great in your Cotswolds. Yeah. Oh, yes. <gasps> That with Cotswolds, get out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Get in my face. Get in my face. (laughs) So, what else have we got? What have we got left? We've got three left. We've got um, the LMW Lemon Watt, by the way, that's that's what I Cucumber. Cucumber. Now, cucumber is. uh, I mean, Hendrix is one of the first, for for want of a better word, fancy gins I tried. It was probably my um, stepping stone in the gym. Yeah, that was probably. me too, yeah. That I think it was a huge stepping stone for probably the majority of like current day gin yeah. ginger yeah. like people getting into it that way. Um, again, I'm like you, I don't necessarily like cucumber. I think it overpowers everything mm. that you put with it. Um, but Henry was the first one, I thought, well, this doesn't taste like uh, yeah. grandmother's spirit or yeah. really nick out the cupboard. But, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it was really good. Like I suppose now I'm maybe thrown down under the Hendrix drinkers, but that's yeah. just my personal yeah. choice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this um, lamb and what again, organic uh, agave, but uh, subtle cucumber and freshness from that. Uh, I love cucumber, so I'm excited for this one. So you put this with the Hendrix then? Yeah, um, or one of my perfect serves at the moment is with Beckett's gin. All right, I've tried Beckett's. And I actually serve it with a little bit of black pepper, uh, Japanese yuzu, um, and then the cucumber tonic. Ooh, really that good. is um, that's a strong one. So what does yeah? So what does yuzu? What does yuzu look like as a fruit? Does it look like a lemon? Uh, it's a cross, like kind of between like a lemon and an orange. Right. Almost, yeah. So it's got like a, a, a peel on it. A orange. An orange. So it's got like a rind on it. Yes. So you put like That's a zest in. Not for us, no. We get it in ground form, ah, uh, but you also have right. a. We, we also have a concentrate, but the concentrate is very like pungy. Like yeah. you, you yeah. put a drop in, and that's all you taste. Yeah. Whereas the powder just gets absorbed in the liquid, and it works really, really well. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to float off when we got our time. No, but um, yeah, I've finished the lemon tonic while we were talking as well, the indie. That is absolutely so, but gorgeous. I was going to round this off by saying we all get to choose one to finish. Yeah. Which do we choose? You've already chosen. I've already finished, but I'm also going to have the user original. Oh, okay. All right then. Uh, I'll let you go next. Oh, well, quite, I would just go for the indie, please. The, the indie, indie, yeah. Right, there you go. Yeah. I'm going to go with. See, my favourite keeps changing. First, it was the double Dutch uh, mm. tonic, Indian tonic, but lamb and what cucumber. That's it. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Screw. <laughs> 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 Hold the front cage. <laughs> 
Sarah's, Sarah's new fear of tonic. Well, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Yes, well, thank you very much, Sean. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be back to uh, drink your gins when uh, I'm not having. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks very much, mate. Appreciate very it. welcome. Gin news headlines today. 12 Days of Swigmas Gin Advent Calendars released. Hydrogen and Tonic Sustainable Distillery Creates Environmentally Friendly Gin. Shed Loads of Booze Couple Shed Made Gin Wins Awards. Mm. So, 12 Days of Swigmas. The Advent Calendars are out, people. Get involved. Boutique Gin Company. Not Boutique Gin Company. Well, I don't know if theirs is out yet. Right. But everyone's get, everyone's jumping on board now. Right, okay. B&M. B&M Bargains. B&M Bargains. The Bargain Home Store. The Bargain Home Store, which I absolutely love. Bloody love a trip to B&M. Bloody love it. In fact, it's episode... It's a day out. It's a bloody day out. Series one, episode one of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember you had a hangover and you said that you just had a panic attack, you know? Oh, no, that was home bargains. Yeah, it was home bargains, yeah. Good, good times. Good times. You go in there for a colander yeah. and you come out. It's like the entire magical middle aisle yeah. of Aldi's a shop. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, so they've released one of uh, yeah, it's What's in there? It's, there's only 12. Right. But it's gin and tonic. You don't just get the gin. What You get separately gins and tonics? Yeah, no, each, each door's got a gin and tonic behind it. 12 doors. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. And they've got, uh, like, Belgravia is one of the gins, Beef Eater, Martin Miller and Tank. Oh, all the classics. And it's Franklin and Sons uh, Tonic, which is nice, very nice. Yes, tonic it is nice, for. yeah. And you get that, and that is um, £35. That's how much that was, which isn't bad. No, it's not bad. Not but, bad. And it's a good way of testing gins, I think. Yeah. That, like, if you, if you get a box full of, like, the miniatures, like that, which you can't, you can't get mixed... Boxes of miniatures. No, you can't. Which I think silly things. Except in these kind of advent yeah, calendars. Yeah, in the advent yeah. calendars. I mean, we got the boutique one, which was specifically a boutique one, which we'll probably get again this year. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll love them. Uh, so we'll have a look to see if we can get that again. But uh, oh, just brilliant. But there's another one. Yeah. Costco, slightly dearer, fifty nine eighty nine. Okay. But you get twenty four. You get twenty four, and you get it. But a lot of them are the flavored gins. If you yeah. like the flavored gins, it's a good way of trying. For example, Abba Falls, the Welsh gin, which is beautiful. Uh, Marmalade gin, they've got that one. Beefy to pink, Malfi orange and lemon, uh, and a couple of traditional one London dries like Sipsmith and the Lakes. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the Costco calendar with twenty four, about sixty quid. Yeah. But again, it's twenty four gins, and if you're paying that when you're out, I imagine if you're in London, that's eight hundred and forty seven thousand pounds. Yeah. But if you're out in a more reasonable city, um, what? 24 shots of gin, say a five pound a shot. Yeah. It's quite expensive, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so good way of doing it, I think, and yeah. over Christmas, and it's a beautiful gift. Yeah, it is. It does make a lovely gift. Yeah, and even if you're getting it after Christmas, you're like, oh no, not 24 tiny bottles of gin. Yeah. It's after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Get them down, yeah. <laughs> hydrogen and tonic. Now, there's a distillery going to start using hydrogen power to cut emissions as part of the government's £390 million investment to reduce emissions. Excellent. Who's this? It's um, it's part of the High Spirits, clever, mm. HY Spirits uh, project, and will be using the possibility of converting a craft gin distillery in Orkney in Scotland mm-hmm. to uh, from using like liquid petroleum gas mm-hmm. that they use in barbecues and uh, oh, yeah, outdoor yeah. heaters into hydrogen which is much better for the environment oh. so it'll cut down the emissions by a massive like it's other businesses are doing it as well yeah they're getting involved but it's nice to know that uh that the, the gin industry is getting involved in cutting emissions as well uh the climate change minister lord duncan he said uh, it's, it's this is the most press friendly quote i've ever right. heard it's great no we can enjoy an environmentally friendly tipple while helping the planet as we press towards the net zero emissions economy by 2050 yeah oh, so written for him, isn't it? Yeah. Soulless gets in the government. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but that's uh, that's a good news. Up yeah. in Orkney, Scotland, especially in a place of such natural beauty. Yes. That you don't want to like, spare like, gas just written. And if they're using hydrogen, that's a lot better, then I think that's a good thing. Do you know what? I think we'll do an episode on... Um environment uh, the environment gin and the environment yeah because we see, we're seeing an increase in this like the finoderie um hike gin as well a distillery yeah um finoderie does the reusable bottles yes and hike gin hike gin does it from their grapes that were going to be thrown away oh that's right yeah and i did a gin news while you were away about gin being made from 
peas, yeah. which uses less land. So, you know, that's a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, good on them. Yep. And shed loads of booze. Yes. A couple, um, Richard and Mary Bateman built a micro distillery in the shed a mm-hmm. while ago. And it's built and built and built. And they've just won three stars at the Great Taste Awards. Oh, wow. Thousands of entrants of all kinds of stuff. And um, they, out of all the hundreds of thousands of people that enter, there's 208 get three stars. Yeah. And they've managed to get one. Twisting Spirits. Twisting Spirits. Never heard of it. No, neither of us. So we'll have to get a bottle yeah. of that. Twisting Spirits Douglas Fir Distilled Gin. Yeah. Was created by um, the husband and wife duo. Who created a bottle themselves. And the create, I mean, it's this is how craft it is. It's down to them bottling it themselves and sticking wow. the labels on themselves. Oh. So uh, and the, the label's beautiful. It's a lovely, colourful, striped label. It's yeah. really nice. And uh, the distinguished reward is more than they'd ever hoped for when they uh, started this from the shed. Well, well done, Mr. and Mrs. Bateman. Yeah, well done. Yes, well done. Uh, we'll, we'll perhaps try and get in touch with you. Yes. Uh, or you can get in touch with us if uh, we'll, we'll tag you in. We'll tag you in. Yeah. But uh, yep, that's nice, isn't it? You just uh, you just think, oh, I've got a hobby. I think I'll do this from my shed. And I've said this before, but that's that's something I love about the gin industry. I know that it's kind of obviously it's quite heavily regulated, and not anyone can just yeah. start distilling. But and um, thanks to good old Zipsmiths who changed the laws for everybody, yeah. um, it's completely transformed the industry into something that's so conducive to um, small business, yeah. enterprise, craft. Well, that's lovely. That's a nice gin news. Yes. Gin news. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, that episode <laughs> tasted delicious. <laughs> Yeah, it it did. It was it was slightly salty at one point, but uh, yeah, I like this. How was the mouth feel? The mouth feel uh, bold and sumptuous. Lovely, yes. lovely succulent. Stuff. You've been expanding your vocabulary. I've been expanding my vocabulary very, very hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very, very much. Very, very lots. <laughs> See, loads of words. Um, well, thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. Yes, uh, always, always a pleasure to have uh, been listened to. <laughs> so, thank you very much. I <laughs> will see you soon. Mother's Room podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Dunley. Theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Cotsier.